Hey there, welcome to the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and this is episode number 47. As entrepreneurs and creatives, we need to stop looking at each other as competition and start looking at each other as community. In this episode, I'm talking to the founder of Relevant Entrepreneur about how we can begin to identify our own zone of genius and surround ourselves with people who know more than we do. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. How many mornings do you wake up and wonder what happened to your dreams? You think about the could haves and the should haves. Well, it's time to own your breakthrough and make sure you are living your purpose. In other words, doing exactly what you are meant to be doing. Life is too short. So sign up for a free 30-minute strategy session with me and let's take that first step together. My guest today is passionate about inspiring other creative entrepreneurs, established community, and place value on relationships instead of competition. As the founder of Relevant Entrepreneur, she has created an online platform that exists to empower women to pursue their dreams. She has recently become a foster mom, runs two successful businesses, and she and her husband live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Here is the lovely Kristen Molinar. Well, Kristen, I am so excited to have you on the Courage Cast this morning. Thank you for getting up all the way in Phoenix, Arizona, and joining me today. And in advance for sharing your story and how you're helping other entrepreneurs. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Andrea. I really am honored to be here on this uh, podcast. I'm excited. Well, me too. So usually what I start off with is just, I want to ask you to tell us about yourself and maybe what you're passionate about and who you serve. Okay. So um, like you said, I'm Kristen Molinar and my roles are kind of in a morphing stage, I would say a little bit right now, but in general, um, I am a wife, I'm a lover of Jesus, um, I love all things entrepreneurialism. My main role that I'm most known for, I would say, is that I am the president and founder of Relevant Entrepreneur, and we're working on becoming the go-to resource for Christian female entrepreneurs, so a place for um, women who serve Christ to come and be connected to ex business experts who have the same values as they do. Um, and I serve obviously Christian business women because I am an entrepreneur myself. And when I started the journey, I found that it was hard and it was lonely and I didn't know who to turn to for advice. Um, I kept seeing people um, giving lots of business advice that didn't have the same moral standards as I did. And I just felt like I was a bit different. And so I am creating this platform where women who have these same values can all come together and really equip and encourage one another. So um, having said that, part of my newest identity also is that I'm also a foster mom. Um, We have a now four-month-old boy in our house, and I am learning how to juggle this new season of being an entrepreneur and being very, very fulfilled by being an entrepreneur, but also being a good steward of this uh, baby that's in our life and really being there for him and doing what I feel like I've been called to do as a foster mom. So I'm kind of doing 
a lot right now and learning how to juggle it all. But, you know, I'm just passionate really about people. I'm passionate about encouraging others to do what God's called them to do. And so I'm learning in this season how to live out that message and that calling myself, figuring out what I'm called to do right now in this season. And uh, it's been challenging, but it's been fulfilling. And I'm excited to kind of look back on this time. Oh, oh it all kind of makes sense now because sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> No, exactly. I'm really fascinated by that. So you've just had this little baby for a very short time. How right. did that all come about? Oh gosh. Uh, it was, let's see. So I am in my early thirties and all throughout my life, I said I needed to decide if I was going to have children by the time I was 30. And I didn't know for sure if I really wanted children or not. My husband and I were on the same page. We just weren't really sure. We are risk takers. Um, you know, I, we are such entrepreneurs and we like to be able to just take a jump when a jump presents itself. And so having kids kind of felt like, ooh, I don't know if we could be really good parents and be such risk takers. It just doesn't seem to add up for us. That was our mentality. So we started to get information um, probably when I was 29, we started to get information about adopting um, because I wanted to be informed about the process and kind of just figure out what our options were because, you know, 30 was approaching and I had decided I was going to make this decision by 30. Um, I guess because in some ways I'm just kind of a control freak. <laughs> so when we started getting information about adoption, we learned that there was this incredible need for foster parenting. And in our naive, inexperienced thinking, um, we thought, you know, this could be a way to kind of like to help one, obviously the, the very first thing to help, but our naive thinking was kind of like tiptoe into parenthood and see if this is something that we actually enjoy. So we committed to going through a full year long process. I think it, ultimately ended up taking us longer than a year. But this process of taking steps towards getting licensed as foster parents, um, and we kind of made this um, spoken promise, I guess you could say, to God saying, you know, we will continue to take steps forward until there are roadblocks. And we foresaw lots of roadblocks. We didn't think that... Um, we didn't think that we would get licensed as foster parents. There's a number of things that we thought, you know, no, nobody's going to want to give us a kid. We don't have any experience. We take a lot of risks, you know, no way we're not going to get a kid. Um, but we didn't see any roadblocks. <laughs> um, the process just continued to move forward. Uh, and then ultimately about four, a little less than four months ago. Now we were placed with a 10 day old baby in our home and it just kind of went, Oh my goodness, it really happened. We are now parents and we have to figure this out. Wow. Yeah. So you've literally had this baby since almost like infancy. Like Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's been with wow. us since he was teeny teeny tiny. Yep. Now, and I'm still that, juggling everything else too. <laughs> how has that changed you? Like how has that changed, you know, your business and um just everything? You know, I was actually thinking about this recently, um, and I'll go back a little bit and say that as an employee, so before I stepped into entrepreneurialism, I, I found my worth in being a really, really good employee. And 
taking the leap into entrepreneurialism taught me that I was putting my worth in being a really good employee. I excelled in every single role I had. Um, I worked my way to the top. I just, I was really good at doing what I did. And then I became an entrepreneur and I was failing, like constantly, constantly failing. And I now look back and I realize that I failed forward a lot and my failures taught me a lot of stuff, but it really stripped me of what I thought my identity was because I thought I was a good employee. I'm going to be an amazing business owner. And without consciously acknowledging it, I was hoping to put my um, identity in being a good business owner. So as I have built up my businesses, I'm now realizing that I may have started to fall into these same traps of finding my identity in being a business owner. And at the beginning of the year, like, well, at the end of last year, the end of 2017, like a lot of people do, I began praying about what my word for the year would be. And I really felt on my heart that the word for me was going to be beloved. Didn't really know what that meant at the time. And I'm still discovering what that means, but going into this season as what felt to me like a very quick shift in seasons as a foster parent, I've realized that my worth um, in Christ and the love that he has for me has nothing to do with me being a business owner. In fact, it has nothing to do with me being a foster mom. Um, even when there's complete chaos in my life and even when I'm not getting things done that I want to get done, when my life doesn't look the way that I want it to look on a day-to-day basis because I have very little control of it sometimes, especially being a parent in the foster system, you are subject to all of the appointments and all of the, it's just crazy. You're scheduled for an appointment and then the last minute somebody cancels an appointment and you really can't make very good plans when you're being a foster parent because of this, because of the system. Um, I've had to learn that I have no less value even when I don't feel like I'm pouring value out in the way that I um, love to do. So Mm. it's been interesting, an interesting adjustment, a really amazing, um, amazing lessons for me. And I know that, that this too, this, what I'm going through now is something that's going to just help fuel the ways in which I can impact other people, um, around me. So it's really been a season of growth for you, for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah. One that I didn't even see coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, along with just massive change, you know, both in your personal life and probably in your professional life, you know, figuring out that balance and where you need to pour your energy and how and when, and, um, you know, babies don't necessarily, you know, go to our time schedule. We have to adapt (laughs) to theirs. So (laughs) how, like, how have you been able to adjust in, even in that way, you know, your schedule and how things look and work and and growing a business and helping others? Yeah. So I really felt that, um, I had been feeling that it was time to start treating my companies like companies and not like solo entrepreneurial attempts. I began feeling that probably mid 2017 and becoming a parent has forced me to take that really, really seriously. Um, 
And honestly, this is something in my professional life I wish that I had taken seriously a long time ago. I've become a whole lot better at delegating, a whole lot better at identifying where my quote zone of genius is, those things that only that I need to be present in order to bring value to the table versus, you know, I don't need to be present in order to bring value to the table. There are other people that can bring value to the table. And I've learned that oftentimes the other people can bring more value to the table. And so when I delegate and I work with a team, my companies are actually better for it and we're able to grow more because of it. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good lesson for me, one that I, like I said, I wish I had learned before it became like emergency, (laughs) emergency mode, Um, but necessary. And I believe that the timing is, is fine is, you know, it, it will all work out. I surprisingly have not lost traction that I thought that I was going to lose. And that's just been a huge blessing. And it's been um, really wonderful in a lot of ways. Now, how have you been able to empower those people who are now kind of working with you and shouldering some of the load? That's a really great, great question. And something that I in the past have gotten really in my head about is how do I be a good leader? Um, it's something that I take so seriously that I kind of have gotten myself really anxious about it because I don't want to fail other people. When you when you step into this leadership role, there's this responsibility to shepherd other people really well, to be a good team leader. And what I have discovered has worked best for me is authenticity. Um, I think that I put this this expectation of perfection on myself. Like if you're a leader, you have to be perfect. You can't make any mistakes. Um, when you make a business decision, you have to stick with it. You can no longer pivot. Otherwise you look like a failure. And I've learned that those things are absolutely not true, that the people around you, um, respect when you're just honest about, about, you know, your thinking about the process, about where you are with things. Um, and that's, been the biggest contributor to the success, I think, of bringing other people on board in my my businesses. Just being honest about where I am and being honest about um, the uncertainty of some of the things that we may be pursuing. Like, I would like to try this. This is new. Let's see if it works together. And really bringing them in and making them part of um, part of what I'm doing. So not just delegating things to them and expecting them to run with it, but, but looking to them for expertise because I'm working with some women that are amazing at what they do. And I want to lean on them for their leadership in what they're doing as well. Now, tell me a little bit about your, your saying businesses. So tell me about, yeah, <laughs> break that down a little. Okay. So the one that's the most obvious is Relevant Entrepreneur. We talked about that, about that already. And I, I have two business partners. Um, I have a, a community director and I have a content director. And really, I would say that even though I'm leading the vision for Relevant Entrepreneur, we are co-leaders. These women are amazing. They have so much success in their own right. Um, I just am a leader for the vision, um, but they have taken ownership of so much. 
Then I have another business. I run a virtual assistant and online business management firm, which kind of happened by accident. Um, but in that I have people underneath me that really do the day-to-day -day work of the business. And I am more of just a um, client relationship management person. So I bring in new clients, I set up processes, I train my employees and they just kind of take the, um, the ball and run with it. Um, so with that, I'm not looking to the people on my team to co-lead with me. I'm really looking for them to um, take ownership of their duties, but I'm the one that's really in charge of that business. So I've had to learn what leadership means in, in two different capacities. Um, and that's been fun for me and actually very fulfilling um, because I get to explore leadership in so many different ways, which I hadn't been able to really do to the extent that I wanted to do it when I was doing everything myself or only hiring like one VA to help me. Um, you know, I wasn't delegating well, <laughs> I was still bearing a lot of the load. Um, yeah, so it's been very, because of these two businesses that are very different, um, I've been able to explore this role in a wide variety of ways, which is fun. Yeah. It sounds very exciting. Um, like how did you, like, I mean, obviously you have a very entrepreneurial spirit, you know, having two businesses, but how did you get from going from a nine to five and then jumping into not one, but two? <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh. So like I said, when I was an employee, I was always wanting to be the best employee that I could possibly be. And what happened is I always worked for small businesses. And so because of the nature of that, I ended up working for a boutique consulting firm um, that specialized in the beauty industry. And it was a very small business. When I started, I think that there was the owner of the company, two employees, and then I was the third. Um, those two employees ended up leaving and I quickly like went up the ranks in that company. So when I left, I was vice president of that company and I was working with a woman who was, um, interested in retiring soon. So after probably three years of working together, we started talking about what it would look like for me to eventually take over the company. And I didn't know that consciously that I was entrepreneurial. Um, even though when I look back, if I had done a close examination of all the things that I had done in my life, I would see that I've always been entrepreneurial, but this really like sparked or lit a spark within me. It really like set this little spark ablaze. The idea of taking over a business just sounded like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yes, I want to do it. And when we started talking about it, I really dove in head first and I started learning everything that I possibly could about uh, business management and marketing and how to really grow this business and give it a uh, new life. And unfortunately, things went really sour pretty quickly um, with this position. It turned into a really toxic environment uh, rapidly over about a year, a year and a half. And I felt that it was time for me to leave. And it was really scary thinking about leaving because I now had put a lot of hope for my future in this company. I thought I was going to take it over. And I felt like the best way to not get trapped in um, 
letting someone else be in control of my dreams was starting my own business. And I had a lot of green lights for starting my own business. So I stepped out and I started doing something very similar, um, not competitive, but similar to what we were doing um, at that consulting firm and failed just miserably. And looking back, the reasons that I failed is because I was pursuing something that really I wasn't passionate about. What I am passionate about is business ownership and entrepreneurialism. Um, I never have been passionate about the beauty industry. Although I was trying to pour everything I knew into the beauty industry. And so everybody wanted to ask me questions about the latest beauty products. And I really could care less about them. <laughs> I just wanted to help people pursue their businesses because I was passionate about their passion for business. Um, and so from there, I pursued, uh, my business was called the beauty voice. I pursued that for, I guess a year and a half before really accepting the fact that I was growing, trying to grow a business that I had zero passion for. And that was really hard for me to admit because I had poured so much into it. Um, however, it was also very freeing to let go of it. So, um, I didn't plan on jumping back into entrepreneurialism right away. What I wanted to find was just a steady paycheck that I could do from home. So I was kind of looking for like alternative employment. So I started looking for online business, business management work, um, because I had a lot of experience managing businesses and I found a position and got the independent contractor agreement. And in that independent contractor agreement, it had this little paragraph that said something about like your talking, referring to me, the contractor, the contractor, the contractor's employees, the contractor's contacts, the contractor's vendors. And I thought, wait, this contract is for me and my employees. And then my mind just started spinning. And I thought, so I don't have to necessarily do all this work myself. I can hire people like this could become a business. And I probably spent like, I don't know, a week or two doing the work myself and then immediately started figuring out how I could bring people on board to help me. And then my business was just kind of born. Um, so really what's funny is I would say a failure, which is, you know, just giving up on entrepreneurialism for a little while ended up birthing one of my most profitable businesses. And that is the virtual assistant online business management firm, which is quite amazing. And then about six months into that, the idea of relevant entrepreneur kind of fell in my heart. And I knew that I was ready to pursue my own business that I was passionate about because I had experienced some success having a business and I felt like I was better positioned to help other people do the same thing. And it was a slow process um, between the idea of relevant entrepreneur and the actual start of it was probably six months, which I guess isn't too long. It felt like an eternity. Um, but then we started relevant entrepreneur and I started with a business partner. And, um, it's been growing since January of 2017 and I've continued to do both. Um, and I have, I have stability in the online business management business so that I can pivot wherever I need to pivot with relevant entrepreneur. And I can really make sure that we are focusing on doing things to equip people 
even when it means that there isn't a lot of profit to be made. And that's not to say that we don't want to grow a profitable company, but I love having something that's already paying the bills so I can free myself up from the constant focus on profit. Wow. So like that, that's a huge jump and, and kind of, I love how you talked about having a failure immediately out of, you know, starting your own business and then thinking now, what am I going to (laughs) do? And then spending that time to, you know, reinvent, but also not reinventing in the way of like, okay, being so strategic about it. It was just like, okay, this is what I've been given. Yeah. Now what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I've learned that I've learned the importance of stewarding what you have and being thankful for what you have. Um, And I wouldn't say I learned that that lesson right when I started doing the online business management stuff. Um, I remember having that business for a while and feeling very disgruntled about it because I didn't love all of the work that I had. Um, I didn't like the social media management or whatever, and I would grumble about it. And I remember realizing that I needed to be thankful for it because I was making money. I was able to design this business however I wanted to design it. And when I learned how to be thankful and I started being a good steward of the business, um, my heart changed and the business grew tremendously. Now, when you're talking to say, you know, uh, a new entrepreneur and, you know, trying to encourage them and trying to, you know, give them tools to succeed, what do you usually say to them is kind of like their first step? So there are two things that I say to people quite frequently. And one is the very first one is don't do it alone. Um, the, there's this, um, stigma that business is very competitive. And unfortunately I fell into that. I thought that if I got the help of other people in my industry, that I was, I shouldn't be doing that, I guess. I I felt like I shouldn't be doing that because they were my competition. Uh, And I've learned that community is just so important. So I tell new entrepreneurs, get plugged into a community that has the same uh, morals as you, is in the same um, industry as you. Really get plugged in. Stop viewing people as competition and start rallying around each other because we, when we rise, it, we can rise more if we rise together. If we all work together, we can reach greater heights. Um, And the second thing is don't get caught up in non-essentials. Now, unfortunately, as a new entrepreneur, it's hard to know what is essential and what is not. And that's Mm -hmm. the reason that you need to be surrounding yourself with other people that have achieved the success that you desire. But I so often see people get caught up in things like spending a week on making a logo, spending a month on creating the perfect website, um, figuring out what all their packages are before they ever talk to anybody in their audience about what they may want or need. Those are unessential things. The essential things in business are getting out and trying to serve and then figuring out where you feel the most fulfilled in those areas that you're serving and then building services around those things. Um, the, the essentials are connection, 
getting connected with your target audience and then building around those things. So obviously you're not going to know this as a new entrepreneur. And so that's why you need to get plugged into a community. Um, if you don't have somebody in your life that is a business expert that you can lean on for free, hire someone. I wish that I had hired someone when I started. I didn't. I, um, I let my pride get in the way. I figured that I could learn everything for myself and I could have avoided a lot of unnecessary time spent if I had just hired somebody who could help me get from point A to point B um, rather than navigating every single thing that Facebook ads were telling me I needed to do. It was, yeah. it was a mess. That's a rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. And, and the moment you sign up on Facebook or the moment you open a business page on Facebook, Facebook sees that you're an admin and you start getting targeted with all of these business messages that are going to tell you, you know, this is how you experience success. Well, I'm sorry, but one size does not fit all. You need to figure out what your individual, um, your individual path to success is. And you're not going to be able to do that just binging on free content. It's not going to happen. Or it, you know, or it may, but it may take you two years. <laughs> oh, 100%. I, I'm in a mastermind and um, I, well, I'm starting a mastermind and I'm in a mastermind, but I'm in one of them. And I was talking during my time to one of the, to the group. And I said, saying something about, you know, I really want to be doing this and, um, I, I think maybe I'll, I'll join you in a class for that. Cause one of the girls is thinking about taking a class Yeah. and they, when one of the girls stopped me and she's like, why would you take a class for that? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, like, so I can learn. And cause I like to learn. And she's like, you already know how to do that. And I was <laughs> like, she's like, just do it. And, and, you know, it was interesting because you know, she called me out on it and it really like stopped me because there are a lot of things that I know how to do that I've even, you know, probably put the skids on because I think, well, if I just know more, if I just better at it or mm -hmm. in, in, even in coaching, like, I mean, obviously that's easier to see with other people than it is to see in your own life. Absolutely. But there's, there comes a time where we are, you know, really putting our own obstacles in the way. And it's just little details and minutia that we don't have to do or worry about yeah. in order to be effective as um, people who have influence, people who are trying to help others, um, whether you're in a business situation or you're in a ministry situation or you are in a parenting situation. You yeah. know, like I think yeah. we are spending so much time overthinking the process that we don't actually do what we set out to do. And I like have an example, like one of my former clients at the time she was a client, she wasn't going to be doing what she is now, but she wants to start this um, movement and I'm not going to call her out because she may listen to this, but she may know who <laughs> she may, you know, see herself in this, you know, me telling you the story, but anyways, she has been probably six to eight months talking to me about this movement that she's going to start. And every time I ask her, I'm like, how's it going? She's like, well, you know, we're not done this or I haven't done that yet. Or the website's not up. And I just keep telling her, I'm like, you just have to launch it. Yeah. Don't worry about the website being perfect. Don't worry about having the exact platform that you need. Don't worry. Just actually do it. And every time 
I reconnect with her on it. I'm like, well, where are you at? Still haven't done it. And I said to her in a text not long ago, I said, you know, you, all of these people you're going to impact are not getting impacted because you're not doing anything. And who cares if the font is not right or the color is not exactly what you want right now? You can change that. Like, and it ebbs and flows anyways. And you don't know exactly what you want until you've jumped out there to see what people really need from you. Yeah. And, and I think that we as entrepreneurs can so easily get caught up in, in thinking like, well, it just has to be perfect. And yet there never just, is. No. <laughs> Even when it is, it's not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like when you look back and go, man, I wish I would, like you said, I wish I would have hired someone. For me, mm-hmm. it was like, you, when you, as soon as you said free content, I actually, in my mind, I started laughing because I was like, oh, I totally did that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I, was that girl. I was like, I was a free content girl. I was like any freebie I could sign up for and figure out. And, and I mean, I use it like in my mind, it was like, well, maybe I want to look at like what her design looks like, or maybe I want to yeah. see what her offering is, or right. maybe I want to see, but a lot of it was just that I was afraid to put out what I could do. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the, I think, man, like now I'm just even thinking about it, but like, there is so much that we have to offer the world and that we if, if, if we're in a community in, in a right support system, like, you know, whether it be, you know, an online support system, like a platform you've created, like relevant entrepreneur, or it's, um, you know, a mastermind or it's group coaching or it's, um, one-on-one coaching. A lot of times we need that other voice, or we need those people to input so that we will actually follow through with the things that, are on our hearts. Yeah. And, and I think just getting all, um, stopped up by not actually executing anything is not definitely not helping our, our cause, but is not helping other people kind of reach their potential as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I want to like, just say that there is a time and a place for consumption. And so I, I think that you know, we probably have people listening that are consuming free content and going, oh no, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I th- For me, you know, because I talk to these people, I have friends, all my friends that want to pursue businesses, they always come to me and ask me questions. They tell me about all the stuff they're consuming. And, and I ask them, okay, how long have you been consuming free content? And I, I think it's hard to generalize something like this, but I do tell people if it's been more than six months that you've been pursuing just consuming new content, but not doing anything, it's definitely been too long. And there becomes a time where it's, you you just have to shut off the free content and start doing, Um, you know, and don't, don't just pursue free content because it comes across your Facebook feed. You know, there's something to be said for searching out free content. Like right now I'm trying to, um, put relevant entrepreneur on Pinterest and I know nothing about Pinterest. So I'm specifically looking for all things Pinterest related. You know, that's different than just 
consuming things on webinars because that's what my Facebook feed is feeding me or, you know, consuming things on podcasts because, wow, that looked really good. And this person made $10,000 a month on that. So I'm going to do that. You know, it just, it becomes a rabbit hole and uh, it's unfortunate how many entrepreneurs get sucked into the marketing messages that uh, other entrepreneurs are so good at crafting. Mm -hmm. You just have to be aware of it. And awareness is, is I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we save somebody today. <laughs> you'll well, you be, know, aw- be aware. <laughs> it, it, it's true because I think like you're, you're right. You know, there is a time and a place to consume information and, you know, like shoot myself in the foot saying this, but like, you know, there, there are times where you need to stop listening to podcasts Yeah, and, and it's like, how many podcasts are you going to listen to before you actually do something? Yeah. Or how many times are you going to subscribe to someone's challenge or, um, or read another book or before you actually put into practice what you've read, what you've heard and what you've been a part of. Right. And, and I, I mean, I can say that to myself as much as I could say it to anybody else, because I have been there and it's hard when you have a dream and when you have this purpose, we, you feel like you have to fulfill. And yet it's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how, you know, and I don't think anybody does like, right. Right. I mean, if we knew how we would have already done it and yeah, yeah. and it's not going to look like someone else's journey. Now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly how we connected, but is it through D? Did we connect through D? No, I think that I found, did I find you on Instagram? I feel like that's how I find everybody. Maybe not. Um, I don't even remember. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think too, because, and it's interesting sometimes how I feel like we, you know, connect, um, on, I don't know, like how, how it is all of a sudden that you'll find someone and then connect with them. But when you do find like-minded people, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to then go, okay, like how can we, you know, collaborate and use our resources to help one another actually fulfill, like fulfill our potential. Yeah. Cause we could have easily looked at each other and gone, Oh, well, maybe that's competition. I'm not going to talk to her. Exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And the reality of it is, is, and I just actually got off the, um, a podcast conversation with someone in Spain earlier this morning who does a, a different type of online business. And, and it's so interesting because as I'm, you know, hearing people and they're doing similar things to what I'm doing, um, like you're also doing similar things, but who's going to resonate with you? is going to be a different person than maybe resonates with me. Yeah. And there's so much space in the world for us to be able to impact people. Yeah. And, and to be able to bring our best forward and say, you know what, I can offer this to you, whether you are in the context of a small business or as a solopreneur or as an artist or musician or a, um, someone in nine to five who wants to have a side hustle, you know, like, um, I think that just knowing that there is space for everyone and, and what you have is unique and not to get wrapped up in what everyone else is doing, but instead come alongside of each other and say, like you said before, you know, we rise faster when we rise together. Mm -hmm. And 
I think that's really, really important message, I think, for probably not to hear, but to, to actually get, yeah, like take it in and go, okay, like, yeah. And so how, how have you been able to like, see that manifest like in your businesses and like, how has that shifted? Um, rising together and collaboration. Well, so the nature of relevant entrepreneur is collaboration. Um, when I launched this platform, I knew that I wanted to launch something that wasn't high. I, I knew I wanted to launch something that was the platform that I always needed. And so what that meant to me was it can't be me. You know, I'm not relevant. Entrepreneur is not Kristen Molinar, not at all. And there have been times where it has started to feel like it's me and I've purposely pumped the brakes on that because I don't want people to see my face necessarily when they think of relevant entrepreneur because relevant entrepreneur is a meeting ground for all Christian business women. So the face of relevant entrepreneur are people like you, Andrea, people that are in the business world doing wonderful things and want to equip women that want to learn how to do business. So the very nature of relevant entrepreneur has been collaboration. And I don't know that I understood the true potential of collaboration and st- until I started reaching out to people because of Relevant Entrepreneur. But because of all these relationships that I've established with other online business owners, I have discovered that we all tend to have the same fears, insecurities, struggles, successes. I talk to somebody that is struggling with comparison. And then the next week I talk to somebody who's struggling with comparison also. And I'll be, I actually had this happen to me. I talked to somebody, they probably talked to each other about a week apart. And the person that I talked to the week after was having problems being struggling with comparison to the person that I had just spoken to that week prior. And they were telling me about the same struggles that they had in their business. And in my mind, I thought, you guys need to be friends. You need to stop looking at each other as competition and comparing yourself and feeling less than. You need to be, you need to talk to each other because you guys have so much in common. And I realized then we need to stop looking at each other as competition because that is dragging our personal morale down. Um, whereas if we saw each other as community and we just reached out to one another, we would feel amazing when we get off a call. Um, and we would no longer be looking at that person's Instagram feed, feeling negativity. We would be feeling like we wanted to encourage them and we would be feeling inspired by them. And we would have the opportunity to discover who they really authentically are and not just who they are on Instagram. Because even as vulnerable as we try to be on Instagram, there's always, it really is just a facade. You know, you're not living day-to-day life with people. You're reading their captions and you're seeing their photos. So there is just so much beauty in actually connecting with people that um, I want to encourage more and more women to do. It's just so empowering. It's so fulfilling. And I think that it's so God honoring. I agree. A hundred percent. hundred percent. 
Yeah, I, I am with you. I think when I started to coach many years ago and, um, I'm probably the, the whole reason why I got into coaching and teaching and even in ministry when I was doing that was, you know, coming alongside people and, um, allowing parts of me to help empower their dreams. And, yeah. and I've, I was only able to do that because women came alongside me mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I saw the power and benefit of that. And I know, like, I know I've, I've heard a lot of times where people will say, you know, like, I just don't have that. And I don't, I didn't have a mentor like you did when you were growing up or I didn't have, and I, and I say to people all the time, it's like, you've got to look for who you want to be around yeah, and then find a way to get around them. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, um, from afar or it's in your community or it's in your church or it's wherever you can position yourself to be in community in collaboration with, with other people who are running that race, whether they're going the exact direction you are, doesn't really matter. You know, um, I think that is just a, a great message. I think for all of us to continue to to pursue and put yourself out there. Like, you know, you're going to have to be real and honest and authentic and, you know, show the parts of you that may maybe feel scary and like, you know, yeah, you're not perfect. And this entrepreneur life is not super glamorous all the time. It's not exactly everything or hardly ever. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, yeah, uh, that, that is for sure. So, so how can people connect with you? Like I, I know that I'm sure people listening to this are thinking, Oh my gosh, like what about her virtual assistant business? And Oh my gosh, what about relevant? Like, I mean, there's probably (laughs) multiple ways and I could have probably done a podcast on each of the things that you do, but, um, I know now the go-to person for VAs. So thank you. Um, but also, and in my second question is, do you service Canada? And, um, and then of course, how, so tell us, give us a little lowdown here. How can people find you and connect with you? Yeah. So the, the best way really to connect with me is to connect with the relevant entrepreneur audience and the relevant entrepreneur community. Um, if you're looking, um, to just kind of discover a little bit more about who we are, the best place to go is our website. Um, so relevantentrepreneur.com. We're working on a event calendar and a resource library. So if you're looking for specific content, um, for your business, we're working on ways to find that more easily on our website. So I'm excited about that. Um, you can also find us on Instagram. If you're an Instagram nut, like I am, um, at relevant an entrepreneur. And then we have a Facebook group, which is, you know, facebook.com slash groups slash relevant entrepreneur. And, um, that's just a way or a, a place for Christian business women to get feedback on their business, um, share wins, uh, ask for prayer, um, just really kind of be there for one another. Um, my virtual assistant business, gosh, you probably just have to find me through relevant entrepreneur. Um, because I don't really advertise all of this stuff has happened by word of mouth. Man, I'm blessed to be able to say that. I really, really am. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's all happened through word of mouth. I'm working on through my virtual assistant business. I'm working on, um, some material to help other virtual assistants do what I have done. 
um, because I live a life that has a lot of freedom because of the way I've set up my business. So um, right now I have a coming soon page, but Yes Boss VA is going to have resources for people that are just kind of looking for information about how to grow their own VA business. Um, and the nice thing about being a VA is you can do five hours a week. You can bring in clients and have a hundred hours a week like I'm doing right now and not feel burned out if you put the right systems in place. Um, so those are, yeah, those are the ways that you would find me. But uh, I would encourage you, regardless of whether you're finding community in the relevant entrepreneur group or somewhere else, just get plugged in. You know, do me a favor, get plugged in, stop doing entrepreneurialism yourself. There are women out there that, that need your friendship. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, getting into community is not just self-serving. It's also others serving. We all need one that. another. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. And I thank you so much for joining me today. This time went by so fast. Right. It did. I'm it looking at the like, clock going, oh gosh. Like how did, I was like, I did the same thing. I was like, how did that go by so quickly? <laughs> But we will definitely have to keep connected. And I would encourage you guys just to definitely follow Kristen at Relevant Entrepreneur, especially if you're on Instagram, just jump on there, give her a follow, and then find out what's going on in that community and engage or like she said, find something that you resonate with wherever you are. But Kristen, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to chat with you and just talk about the things that are on my heart. I love doing this kind of thing. So thank you. It's been an honor. There was so much gold in this episode. Kristen is an amazing woman and I absolutely love what she is doing to empower other entrepreneurs. I hope you're encouraged that you are valuable and that you don't have to compare yourself to what anyone else is doing. There is space for you to thrive and to flourish. So make sure you become a part of the relevant entrepreneur community. And if you want to connect with Kristen, then head over to thecouragecast.com and all of her information will be there. And until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.